You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 101. It's a lot of syllables in that. I have. This is so cool to finally be in the uh, past the three digits. It's been a long time. Uh, but I have a fun guest here today, Pip Meacham. Pip, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And we're going to be talking about automation, process and automation. I've been thinking about switching the podcast around, not not completely away from agencies, but to more focus on uh, productivity, automation, like just getting more stuff done in less time. And uh, Pip is a perfect guest here because we met so randomly. We're at a local event that I literally skateboarded to down the road from me. Uh, for I think it was called Business Owners Smashing It Online, was it that it? It was, yeah, the Brisbane one. Yeah, and um, we got talking and it turns out we're both freaking productivity and automation nuts uh, and it was like we had to shut up to listen to the actual talk. <laughs> um, and then we, we've organized this podcast today and we're already like 22 minutes in before we actually started recording because we've just nerded out a whole bunch. Probably should have recorded that. I feel like it's going to be a fun episode, Pip. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> so what I'm really interested in is, I guess, setting up process and automation for new clients, right? Yeah. Because this is what you do, right? You have a project box is a business where, I mean, I damn it, I don't have your site open anymore, but um, there was a really awesome USP on the top basically saying something about taking it away from mess. Hang on, I got to Taking your business from jumbled chaos into organized goodness. There you go. I love that, right? Um, oh, that was a test to remember that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's it's a great uh, tagline or whatever because so many businesses are a jumbled mess. Yeah. Like, like even I try to be super organized, but there's a lot of messes that could still be fixed. Um, you know, and you're on a different side of this whole productivity and automation thing because I like teaching people stuff. Like I've got a, you know, You've seen the course. Um, I just kind of share the things I do um, to um, help people, you know, in whatever way. Whereas you are getting one-on-one with clients, digging right into their business and seeing like, I guess, a lot of common mistakes and stuff that they're doing wrong. And that's what I'd like to talk about today. So just quickly. I'm the one that goes in and pulls it apart and breaks it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. And well, and sees how broken it already is. <laughs> yeah, Find, finds the gaps and plugs them and puts it back together. <laughs> yeah, so that's let's start with that. Like, what do you? Uh, what is like? Describe your service offering uh, with Project Box. Yeah, so there's a few different things I do. Um, sometimes people will come to me directly with a problem. So either exactly what you just talked about, they've recognised that they have massive gaps and massive holes in their business that they're wanting to fix because it's causing issues other way, like elsewhere along the line. Customers are complaining or their staff have had enough or something else has gone wrong. Um, for other people, it's just they know that they can be doing things better and they want to try and fix that so that they can save more time, work more efficiently, all of mm. that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, good. Oh man, that like I they're my favorite kind of people to speak to. Then they just like recognize the value of process. Like it's normally a special kind of business that really recognizes this, right? Like we were while we were nerding out offline before, you know, I do a little bit of workflow consulting specifically around Zapier. And generally when those people come to me, they're in this like mindset. And I just had a couple of people last week that were just like, I need help. I just want to jump on a call. And one guy offered to pay me like a thousand bucks for a two hour call just because he was so happy with like how much time we were able to save. Right. And people that recognize how much power there is in productivity automation are just my favorite people (laughs) because like I see a lot of issues, I guess in some like small businesses, ones that are just starting out where they just don't value their own time. No. And they're happy to spend, you know, a few hours doing something, even if they could save that time by paying like for a product that's cost 30 bucks a month, they'll avoid that just because, they don't want the cost, but they're happy to spend five hours, you know, like, and I think everyone's been there at some point. And do you know what? That's a big thing I come up against all the time. They'll say to me, we don't want to pay the $150 a month for the software, mm. but I'm like, that $150 a month is going to give you three days a week back. Like, yeah, you need to weigh up that cost benefit. Uh, it's it's so strange. Like the, the human aversion to subscriptions is crazy yeah. right because these people are probably paying you a whole bunch of money to set it all up for them right yeah like i don't i don't know, i'm just gonna take a number out of thin air here and let's say they're paying five grand and then they have an aversion to paying like 150 bucks a month it's like you just like if you average that 150 bucks a month like i don't know how many months you get before just what you've paid the five grand to me you know like yeah there's this strange, strange thing about upfront costs versus subscriptions. Um, you know, like I, a previous software product of mine, we could, our average retention was only about six months. It was something people needed for a short amount of time. But yeah. we found people were willing to pay about two and a half years worth of subscription for a lifetime license. Wow. That they never used past a year. It blew my mind, right? Like our conversions on that were just huge because it's a quote unquote lifetime that they yeah. use for a year. Um, it's very, very strange to me. And I try to be mindful of this when I'm looking at products and be like, I don't want to pay 30 bucks a month, another 30 bucks, you know, but I'm like, is that going to save me an hour a month? I'm net positive. Worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's the way you need to think because the first thing you're going to run out of is time. So let's talk about how you, like, I guess the biggest mistakes you see businesses, like when they come to you, what states are the people's businesses in? Obviously there's a range, but I'd like to talk about some common stuff that you see. Yeah. So common stuff is people still using Excel spreadsheets to manage a whole business. Really? Yeah. It's a lot more common than what you think. And we're not talking little small businesses either. We're talking, you know, sort of medium medium-sized companies who are running entire businesses out of notebooks, Excel spreadsheets, and a mishmash of stuff because people have been too afraid of the technology to be able to do it. Wow. That's a really big thing. The technology scares a lot of people. You know, they don't know really what they're looking for. They don't know what's possible. Um, They don't even know where to start because there's so much on there. And something you see a lot, and I'm sure you probably see it as well, is people will jump onto Facebook or something like that going, I need a recommendation for a CRM. (laughs) Yeah, Tom, Dick and Harry jumps in. You should use this. You should use this. Oh, my Lord. You know, 
Um, and it's not that simple. So I now have this reply that says, before you go jumping in on all this stuff, this is what you need to think about. Mm-hmm. Because it's not as simple as just taking what works for other people either. Oh, that is one of the funniest questions I see. Yeah. Like what CRM should I use? What the hell do you do? Like, yeah. and people will jump in there with their like recommendations. I use Insightly and it's always like the, the recommendations differ so much depending on the group you're in. Yeah. Like if, if you're in like a web agency group, it's probably going to be something like, you know, depending on the size, the agencies could be pipe drive, like maybe active campaign, you know, freelancers, it might be something like, um, uh, what is it? Mailer light because it's like yeah. lower price and stuff like that. Um, it's it, and then you go into like local business groups and it's like Insightly and um, Zoho and like it's I just find it so funny and the people just pile on with their recommendations without knowing anything. Yeah, I love that you have a canned reply. How do you? This is a, a test actually. How do you put that canned reply into your into Facebook? How do I do it? I yeah. copy and paste it out of ClickUp. Oh my God, I need to put you on a text expander. Oh. oh, yes, I was waiting for that. As soon as you said this is a test, I'm like, it's coming. He's going to tell me I've got to start using it. <laughs> I literally have canned replies for stuff like that too. Um, in like, uh, like for past blog posts, or like people ask, how do I get clients? It's like, yeah. I have um, text snippets um for replies like that that i end up typing all the time and for people listening that don't know text expander is uh awesome little software tool there's also a text on a mac again if you're subscription averse uh text expander subscription product there is a text and i think phrase express you can get for free if you lie and say it's personal i'm not recommending you do that um you know, there are other tools out there. There's open source stuff. I just like Dex Expander. It works really well. I cost like, what, 50 bucks a year or something, like easily getting my time back right. on that one. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, so just for like, it, it creates little keyboard shortcuts for basically stuff you type all the time. So, and it, it is one of my favorite little productivity tools. Actually, I'm going to use this opportunity for a quick little plug. Um, I'm going to put this in the show notes because I've just released a text expander course um, for 17 bucks and you even get an intro to my Zapier course as well. Um, I'll link that up. It's at jimmyrose.me. If you sign up for the um, opt-in that's on the homepage there, you'll um, get the get the old upsell to see if you want to um, pay for that. But yeah, I can I tell you. That one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. I think honestly, you need to prioritize that over the advanced Zapier stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's just such an easy way for a lot of people to get started. It's one of my favorite automation productivity things that people can understand really quickly. Yeah. Um. So anyway, this isn't about me. Um. <laughs> I want to hear more about these businesses that are like using Excel spreads. What What kind of things are they managing on Excel in Excel? Um, everything from their sales and marketing, so tracking leads, you know, last communication dates, things that should be taken care of by a CRM, mm. um, right through to delivering projects. And Oof. yeah, it's huge. Um, delivering projects, financials, people still not using financial software. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, because it, it comes back again. And the main reason for the financial one is the cost that's attached to running Zero or QuickBooks or mm. whatever it's going to be. Um, but I, like, I see everything. They'll have one Excel workbook that will have, you know, 50, 60 different tabs in it that's managing all these different parts oh, of the business. Wow. Yeah. You know, and it's funny you say, you said before, like, even big businesses have this. I find big businesses are more likely to have this. Like, 
I, you know, I used to work for a really large construction company and half the shit we did was managed in Excel sheets. It's like not even Google sheets, you know, where it's like a live document. It's these things getting passed around with version control problems. As much as I hate to say it, I think it's also a generational thing. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, you know, the people who are running businesses like that have got directors and CEOs and things like that who come from that older era and that's how it was always been done. And they're also the people that are more um, scared of putting technology in place because they don't understand it. Yeah, absolutely. And that opens up a pretty good opportunity for, for you and me, I guess. Um, but uh, just with my agency hat on here, I'm thinking like, you know, because obviously most of our listeners are agencies, um, you know, this is a potential opportunity for agencies as well, right? Like, uh, in fact, I know many agency owners have taken my Zapier course and are rolling that into their service offerings as a, um, you know, at value-added service. If you're in a business, you know, you're talking to the owner, you've got a direct line to, to everything they're doing. If they, this is how you find out they're using spreadsheets and there's an opportunity for you to, to add that on as a service. That said, I'm not a big fan of agencies just adding more and more services. So someone like Pip is potentially a good uh, referral partner. You know, if you have someone that'll work on this kind of stuff, um, you know, I just, oh man, my brain's going here. Like it's a perfect referral partnership, right? Because you're probably going to run into issues with their website. So then you might need like website people to, to help yeah. and, and website people, uh, marketing people are going to have access to all like see how poor condition the, the systems are in and to be able to refer someone like you. And that's something I, you know, I get a lot of people come and they'll say, you know, we need some marketing automation put in place. And it's like, cool, I can help you work out, you know, what your flow is, but I'm not going to help you do the strategy. Mm. I'm not a marketer. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to know about it, but I'll help you build out the tools and make sure that everything's working correctly and efficiently and all of that kind of mm. stuff. So um, there is a lot of, especially in the marketing and design space. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that marketing automation ties into automation, like not even, not just um you know, like I, I use Zapier and ActiveCampaign together for, together for a lot of my automations and ActiveCampaign is doing not like some stuff that's not even necessarily marketing because it's just got such a cool automation um, yeah. system built in. So, yeah, there is, there's a lot of um, overlap between these, um, I guess, Platform. categories, yeah. services, and I think it's a really good opportunity for agencies to serve their clients better. Yeah, definitely. So, so where do you often start then? You've got these spreadsheets, let's say, they're using like where, how do you even begin to pick that apart? Yeah, generally speaking, we just start with process mapping um, and we focus on that customer journey. So how they are hearing about them, how they're engaging them before they sell to them, the sales process, the onboarding process, delivery and operations, and then offboarding as well. Because generally speaking, almost everything else within the business will come off that at some mm. point in time. Um, so that just gives us a centralized point to go, hey, let's going to, you know, we're going to look at this. We're going to pull it apart. I'm going to ask you a crap load of questions. I'm going to challenge you, um, you know, and things can get a little bit uncomfortable sometimes just because you are pulling apart things that might have been around for 10 years um, and never changed. Yeah, I can just imagine the, the amount of uh, pushback you must get from like employees of some of these businesses or whatever, like when they're entrenched in their systems. Yeah. So you said process mapping. That sounds quite official. Is that like a real thing with like specialized diagrams and stuff? Or is this something you 
Yeah, to- look, I call it process mapping because it's the easiest way to do it. But generally speaking, it involves me with a roll of butcher paper, <laughs> hectically writing things down. Um, wow. Some people like to see that as flowcharts. And if that's the case, it depends, again, on who the business is and what they want. Other people are happy with more just the checklist-based stuff. Um, generally speaking, then we come out with a massive long list of these are all the things we need to do now. We need to plug this hole. This should be happening. The funny thing is with process mapping is a lot of businesses think things are happening. What they think is going on in their head is actually not happening at all. And it's not until you start to really break things down that you're like, okay, why is customer not getting this? Oh, well, they should be. Well, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Is that because of like a process breakdown, like the team members aren't doing things or is it a systems breakdown? Like Generally speaking, a team member thing. Because the owner of the business thinks somebody is handling it and somewhere during training and handover and things moving, like it's Chinese whispers. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, processes that aren't properly documented are Chinese whispers and things that change all the time, stuff gets dropped, it gets lost, it gets modified and yeah. Yeah, and this is a topic that's come up like in so many podcasts and in a lot of the training I do. Um, it just reminded me of this, like making things easy for people because yeah. like if a team member has to go and check some spreadsheet and see what status like some column is in and then take an action based on that, of course they're going to forget it. Of course they're going to miss it. Whereas if you've got tasks that are assigned to them just showing up and they operate out of this task system that's how they know like it's a single source of truth for everything they need to do then it's not going to get missed right like i just had a complete revelation in my own personal to do and that's like why i love my you know i was using trello for a bit because every like and getting everything that i need to do come into there through zapier and automation i've made i just realized like that's why shit gets done because it's all in one spot um, and I don't have to dock yep. between systems. Oh, man. So I call my, um, sorry, I use ClickUp. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't call it a project management tool. I call it my boss. So <laughs> it literally tells me what to do every day. So that nothing gets missed. I don't have to worry about decision fatigue. I can sit here and talk to you and not worry about what else is going on or have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a full business management setup now. Yeah. That's a really good way of looking at it. I'm going to call it, yeah, call it my boss. It's funny. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with like a sneaky ass nickname. (laughs) Yeah, like it's hard. Like I hate project management and task management. That's often what I keep, well, like to-do system, you know, like it's all, these are all shitty terms. I just say to my admin girl, and I'm like, go check with the boss. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's really good. Uh, Something worth like touching on here though is like just having ClickUp doesn't make all your problems go away. No. You know, a lot of it, a lot of it's the system on top of it, and that's why you know I, I literally wrote like a, a PDF, like just a document for people that opt in on my homepage recently, and I was just trying to think of like what to call this because it's more about the system on top of the tool that yeah. you use. You know, like your classification and prioritization within a tool is what is really important. Yeah, it's a um, strategy that sits behind it. Yeah. So what like. Do you have any tips there for people? Like, how do you operate? And then what what do you put in for clients? Like, is it a, the same system? Like, and what is it? Yeah, so coming back to that strategy thing, everything, every process, every bit of technology, everything needs, you need to know why you're doing it and then how that can be rolled out. And then in terms of putting that into a tool such as ClickUp or Trello, how that's going to work 
but then also the flow-on effect that each part of that is going to have as well. So a lot of people think that they can just jump in and start brain dumping tasks, which yes, is great, but how's the information going to flow through the various different steps that it needs to go through? How are you still going to make sure that the boss is now telling you what to do each day? You know, it's not as simple as just putting it in. So it does take a lot of questions and a lot of bouncing ideas around my I have no plants in my office now because they've all died from me talking aloud so much. (laughs) Literally, like I sit here and say things out loud because I have to run this own strategy past myself. Like the worst thing when you're a systems person is you question everything. Mm. Um, But yeah, the strategy is incredibly, incredibly important. Yeah, that's... People try to set stuff up and they'll last with it for eight weeks and even that, two to three weeks and go, it's not working kind of was working just you had the strategy wrong yeah or they didn't think about it enough you know like if you dive straight into a a system and just start adding tasks like you don't really you haven't thought about how you want this to work um and i'm going through this process right now like i'm switching from trello to click up mostly because we already used it for our um, project management system and i just feel like i'd like to work in this view and and now i've got this like picture in my mind of what how i want this to work like how i want to move tasks into different lists and stuff. I've got this idea. So, and I didn't know what was possible. So um, I was playing around with it on the weekend, it ran my import from Trello and was like, okay, now how do I shoehorn this into like the thing I've got in my mind? And I was trying to work out what's possible and click up, like how to start dates work and like columns. And I played around with the tool to get an idea of what was possible. And then I just bug it off and like went for a walk. I probably had a shower cause that's where all the listening and uh, all my best thinking time is you know and then i came back on monday after i had all this time to think about it and actually implemented my system yeah um and i'm loving it so far yeah cool yeah so that i just like reiterating exactly what you said there and it's like the thinking putting so much thought time and thinking out loud into the system rather than the tool yeah it's the flow of everything yeah yeah Absolutely. So is ClickUp something you find yourself implementing with most clients or? Um, again, it really depends. Some people don't want the complexities of what ClickUp can offer. I mean, ClickUp is one of those platforms where you can make it as simple or as full on as you mm. want it to go. So people know that I love it and they generally go, we want ClickUp, but I'll still ask them a few questions to figure out what it is that they're actually wanting it mm. to do before putting or recommending them into that software. So something I do is I don't, you know, at Project Box, I'm not about just because I'm a ClickUp consultant, I'm not about shoveling people into that software if it's not the right solution mm. for them. So the, as much as I love it and I pretty much could guarantee it would work for almost everybody, yeah. still might not necessarily be right. Yeah. Yep, and that's a good way of looking at it because it's the same, you know, it's like the old CRM thing we were talking about where people it's like, this is the one that I recommend based on like your three words of question. Like, of course, you can't know enough from that. And yeah, like I totally agree. Like ClickUp could be overkill for people, although, you know, it's pretty, like you said, you can keep it so simple as well. Yeah. Um, I do like it, but I, I do worry about the future of ClickUp. We, we chatted about this earlier yeah. um, just because they're trying to do so many things and trying to ship so many features. You know, they do. Like I've never seen a deployment cycle of any product like them. Like they're shipping major things like every week or two. Um, you know, crazy. That excites a lot of people. To me, it goes, it, it makes me go, this is 
I, I worry. It makes me worry about having too many things in one tool. And it's literally the front of their website says something about like trying to uh, like the one app to replace everything else or something. I don't know what it is. But the other problem with releasing stuff so fast is you're not really giving people a chance to kind of get used to or implement mm. a new change. Like I'm still trying to catch up on stuff they launched four weeks ago. Yeah. Because I'm like, that's really cool. I want to use it, but I haven't had a chance to roll it out yet. Yeah. I feel like I'm almost behind the ball game, even though I'm not. It's just like a mental thing. It's constant. Yeah. It's like crack. Like you just always want what they've got. Like it's an addiction. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's so fast. I do feel like I'm behind the ball game. Yeah. And I I don't know, man. I just like, because the new thing they're talking about is like this automations thing. I know they're going to, they're trying to build like a mini Zapier. They literally are selling it like a mini Zapier. And like, do you know how intense Zapier would be on the back end? Like I'd like to build an automation tool. It's like something I've done a lot of research into this and the, like to just bolt that into another tool. I'm like, um, I, I don't see this of the future being very bright for this, but you know, people get very excited about new features and shiny things. I, yeah. I just worry when one app tries to do everything, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I do love ClickUp. Um, and, and the founder's a great guy, really good vision. He's been on this podcast before. Um, yeah. you know, I don't want to poo poo it, but I just, I do worry. I do worry. Uh, I know there's a lot of ClickUp fans listening to this as well. I'd, I'd be very interested to hear, uh, if you are listening to this and what, what you think about ClickUp. Um, I, you know, I don't get enough feedback uh, on this podcast. It's very much like talking out and, and not seeing enough come back. Um, I really appreciate it when you guys write in, whether that's at agencyhighway.com, um, just the contact form or like anything. If you've got me on Facebook, um, you know, we're one of my Facebook groups, Grow Your Web Design Business, or um, if you're in my Zapier group, just hit me up. I love hearing um, about, you know, getting some feedback from this uh, um, podcast. All right. What, what else do we need to talk about? Like we've talked about this, the spreadsheets and stuff. Do you have like steps? Like you've done the process mapping. Is there yeah. like a next step? Like, yeah. So generally after that, it's kind of, obviously I'll take it away and look at it and pull it apart and come up with, like I said, those to do's. It's really then going to speak to the business to go, Hey, this is what the issues are. This is what you're doing well. This is what your issues are. This is what needs to be changed. Here's everything we need to do to kind of get you to where you want to go. Um, for some people, it's a complete software overhaul. Other people, it's simply putting a few little bits of automation in here and there. Other people, it's fully documenting all their processes because they're wanting to sell. Right. Um, so that's, you know, the whole other level of it as well is actually creating full standard operating procedures. Not, and not the yucky Bible either, by the way. The yucky Bible? The the standard, the one that, like, the operating procedure Bible that used to sit on the bookcase. Oh, gosh. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so wrong. That's great. I, um, yeah. Um, I'm actually got to geek out on this for a minute. What tool do you use to document for people? Typically. So I um, refuse to do screenshots. I'm all about video and then breaking it down to something like ClickUp with all your high-level steps. Ah, okay, cool, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's like two levels, right, like having a supporting document and then like a – so I go in the middle. I have a checklist. The yep. final sort of checklist is what goes into ClickUp or whatever tool I'm using. And yep. then I have a supporting doc, which can be video, can be screenshots, can be text. It depends. Like I prefer actually screenshots because I hate 
watching videos. Yeah. Um, it depends on the process, you know, like some things are a bit more involved and need explanation. So I'll use yeah. videos and then also detail the steps. My hope with this is that once I've done something enough times, they don't need to keep looking at the process. Right. So then they just get the checklist in. Yeah. And so ideally, so. you know, ideally at the start, new team member would watch the video or read through mm -hmm. your step-by-step -step screenshots. They only need to do that a handful of times. And then like you say, that checklist is what supports it to go, okay, well, if you, here's all the steps you need to do. We're not going to tell you how to do it. Just this is like your milestones you need to work through um, to be able to achieve that outcome. Yeah, I imagine this whole process must be incredibly hands-on with the business owner. It is. I've learned a lot about a lot of different businesses. Mm. Do you get pushback on the amount of time required or are they generally committed by the time they come to you? Um, by the time they come to me, they generally know what they're in for. Mm. Um, I don't think... And it also depends at the stage of the business as well. Like some of them have started this stuff, but they just need the accountability to actually get it done because it is an investment of time again. Mm. Um, and then money, if you get someone like me involved to come and help you with it as well. You know, there's so much. There was one business I did recently and it was literally extracting all of the information out of them and then going away and documenting it without the video, without um, checklists, because doing Oof. that was going to take their team members out of their day. Mm which they didn't want to go down that path yet. So they just wanted the words to be able to read. And that causes a whole lot of problems again. Um, so sometimes people will commit to doing like a chunk every year. They'll say, right, this year we're going to focus on this and we're going to get it done. Then we're going to do this bit and so on and so I on. I like that. Yeah. Progressive is good because it can be a, a monster task. Um, I imagine there's quite a lot of client expectation setting um, in, your, in your, what you do to be like, okay, you're going to need to, like, give me your Friday. <laughs> so, like, Pretty much, yeah. yeah. You know, as much as I can come in and help people work through this, I still, I don't know how to go and shave a dog. Like, if you're looking at a dog groomer, I couldn't come in and just do that and record that for you. You still need a specialist person to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, I can learn software at the drop of a hat, but I'm still not going to understand why you're doing the things that you need to do. It needs mm -hmm. a team member to actually properly explain that. Yeah. So going down that path isn't something you can completely outsource. You still need yeah. to be involved. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you run into many, I guess, roadblocks with like cost or that time investment? All the time. Yeah. What are the typical things you hear? Um, generally speaking, people just don't have time to do it. That's, right. that's almost more than the cost factor. They Isn't it so them. ironic? Yeah. We're too busy to save time. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, you know, it, documenting processes aside, that's the problem everyone has is they're too busy mm -hmm. to be able to do stuff to save time. They're already working, you know, 12, 14-hour long days and they've got family demanding every minute of them and it's, it's a really, really hard thing to do. Prime example, I had an um, electrician over in New Zealand and he was doing everything manually, had no time at all. He was absolutely just flat stick and got in touch with me one day and just said, I need to solve this. It's like, I'm going to give you whatever I can. We need to get this done. He was working seven days a week, pretty much 12-hour days every day. He now, he now goes to the pub on a Friday afternoon and doesn't work the weekend at all. Wow. So... But for him as well, it was making, you know, that realisation that, hey, you are going to have to put in a little bit more at the start and things are going to take a little bit longer long term, but I've saved you two and a half days a week now. 
Yeah, I'm, um, I've literally just gone to your site to try and find the case study for this and I'm not seeing it. I it's, don't have it on there, no. <laughs> sounds like the perfect case study. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's, when that's, I, my next trip over to New Zealand, he's actually on my list to go and interview and get a proper video. Oh, that would be that's great, that. yeah. yeah. Because I'm here all the time. Not at the moment, but yeah. Well, hopefully Australia and New Zealand opens up soon. I'm really hoping to get over there for a mid-year snow trip. uh, Yeah. I'm supposed to be in Europe right now. In fact, I was going to be in Ukraine, Spain, and Italy. Probably three of the worst places. Well, Ukraine's not that bad, but the uh, the other two were, yeah, (laughs) no, not a chance. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... That's a really good story with the, the electrician, you know, and that that's the shit that I am in. That's why I'm in this game. I love hearing that stuff and the, and the huge turnarounds yeah. people get. The excitement when he rang and told me that he got to go to the pub on a Friday. Like, you just mm. don't realise how important having a beer at the pub was to this man. And it was incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. M- moral of the story is like, you know, if you're, this guy's doing 12 hour days, seven days a week, and even he made time for process, yeah. right? Like, it's just something you've got to do. I am a little bit tired of hearing, you know, I don't have time for that, um, especially when it comes to process. You know, I, I don't have time to create processes. Well, you don't have time because you don't have any bloody process, you know, like it's content too is like another one I hear this with. Like I can't, I've got no time to create content because we'll fucking make time. This is, you know, time management is one of these things that, you just have to be very good at it as a business owner. And like the way I've handled it, if this is as helpful as I literally block out certain parts of my week where it doesn't get touched with client work or like the normal day-to-day shit. It's like Monday mornings are for content, Thursday mornings are for process and automation, right? Improving my business. Um, See, so there's a lot, and what a lot of people struggle with that is the self-discipline to not overbook it. Yeah, well, the thing is, not, not even that. Oh, as in, like, don't try and do too many things? Well, as in, you've blocked it out in your calendar. Let's not go book a client over the top of that. Oh, no, that's just, yeah, that is huge thing. A lot of people can't do that. They'll see it and they'll go, oh, no, it's okay. We can squeeze it in. That can wait. And it will keep waiting and keep okay. waiting. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Here's, here's how I deal with that. It's literally in my calendar as, like, non-bookable time. And the only way I talk to people is if they book through Calendly. Yeah. So that, like... I feel, I think everyone should be doing that. Like the whole, like what time works for you bullshit. Like that's, that's not on anymore. Um, here's my link. Uh, book, book through that. that. And I'm going to be your worst nightmare Uh-oh. on that one. Not all customers find it easy to book in via Calendly. What? Yeah. I don't want to work with them. Straight up. <laughs> well, there you go. Up. Your problem solved. <laughs> yeah. Like it, I literally use Calendly because you can't screw it up. It's like yeah. press day press time, enter a name. If they aren't that level of ability, I straight up am not going to work with them. I'm sorry. Um, like say, for example, you get a website inquiry mm. saying that they, you know, they want to talk to you about whatever it is. You reply with a Calendly link. You're then legitimately waiting for them to click on that link, which they might never do versus if you pick up the phone and just call them, mm. you're going to book them in. So sure. Um, I, I, I do see that side, like phone calls these days are like so rare. It can make you stand yeah. out like a lot. Um, so if you are that kind of person, absolutely go for that. Like getting on the phone straight after an inquiry is massive. You know, you can even use automation to do that, to send you an SMS, like as soon as you get a lead to call that person. Um, 
to me, like almost that, that Calendly thing is another level of commitment and um, filtration for clients as well. You know, like that's, that's how I see it is like, I don't, if someone can't go through this process and won't make the time to do that, then they're probably not going to be my ideal client. Um, But yeah, I, I think, so back to what we're talking about, like having that time blocked out, that's obviously a um, discipline thing to yeah. not book in that time if you're doing it on the phone. But with Calendly, it's done automatically for yeah. me, right? Like the, that time is just protected. Um, and I won't check email until after it's done. That's the other key. If it's like, oh, um, you know, this is my content time. And the first thing you do is check email and Facebook or something and get lost for two hours and then yeah. you've just screwed yourself. So email cannot be checked. It should not be open all the time. Um, during those protected times. And that's that's the time for you to make improve your business. If you're saying you don't have time to fix processes, then you've got a broken business, I think. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and if it's not broken now, it will be eventually. Correct. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I hit that point. Like, I was, I've been through all this. Um, you know, I got to the point where I was just so friggin' busy working weekends, stupid amount of time. Um, wasn't spending any time on process, um, and hit a breaking point and it wasn't good. I think a lot of people go through that. Yeah. Let's not go through that. <laughs> Try not to. <laughs> um, do you get a lot of pushback on the cost as well? Um, generally not because people know that it's an investment and mm. they know obviously they're paying someone to come and do it. And that comes with the cost. Yeah, I think I think where you're at in the process, like if they're coming to you, yeah. they're probably on it already. They understand the value of their time. That's yeah. like a mental leap they've already made. Yeah, exactly. So it's more the time investment that they have to make or that they have to pull team members and then it's the team members that actually give the most pushback. The you know, the owners of the businesses are all for it and they're happy for them to do it, but the team members then start fighting because hey, if they're taken away from their work for four hours, they got four hours worth of work to catch up on. That's where the biggest pushback comes from. Yeah. And I think that's like something you'd have to work with the owners of the business on, you know, to get that buy-in and reduce that person's workload, you know, like, geez, when I worked in engineering, if they were like, you'll go into a conference this week, I was like, hell yeah. Like I don't have to like, cause they're going to pull the, there's no expectation for me to work on that other thing. So the owners of the business or the managers have to, reduce that person's workload. and that's I work with um, a lot of professional services where mm. the owners don't know how and nobody else in the business knows how to do a specific person's job, which is Oof. half the reason why we're going through that documentation process mm. in the first place. But it then becomes a really big issue because no, there is legitimately no one else that can do that role. Wow. Yeah. A position you don't want to be in. No, I've been there way too many times, which is now why I do systems. <laughs> yeah, I know um, James Shramko talks about the Noah principle. He's got it. It's like Noah's Ark. So there's always like two people for any any individual thing that gets done in the business. You always, always got two people. Yeah. Uh, I like that idea. That's cool. Um, Pip, is there anything else you think we need to cover before we wrap this up? I know we could talk for days, so I just oh, kind yeah. of think. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Just look at your systems. Spend yeah. the time. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of good stuff in here about like the key is making that time, you know, like there's just the benefit is clearly there. Stop saying you're too busy. Yeah. Yeah. And 
really understanding what is going on in the business, how things are happening. Mm-hmm. Well. Absolutely. And, and on the flip side of all this is like, um, this is something you can do for your clients as well. Um, you know, I think it's really a potentially awesome opportunity for a lot of agencies to get into this side of things, uh, whether that's through a partner, you know, like working with someone like Pip who could come in and um, take, you know, take that, do the work essentially, you know, adding it to your plate. Um, so if you are interested in that, um, check out Pip at uh, projectbox.com.au where I assume she will have a case study from an electrician soon. Once the borders open back up. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a Zoom testimonial. You have a, a fr- you have a wall of testimonials here anyway that I can see. So obviously yeah. you do a lot of awesome stuff. Pip, thank you so much for joining the show. This is a really fun chat. Thanks. <laughs> If you guys have enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review or wherever you listen to this podcast and we'll share it with someone you think will get something out of it. That's it. And I'll see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.